Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage, huh?
a show that um, it's a podcast, which means I'm not bound by the rules of the FCC or any of that crazy nonsense, which means I can slip in a, a little bomb if I have to. I'm not going to get fined for it. Um, <clears throat> it means that it's not on the airwaves, so you have to know where it's at. How do you find the show? Well, you can pick up a telephone anywhere in the world, and dial these numbers, 646-929-2495. And if you uh, dial these numbers, what you're going to do is you're going to get first the phone answered by a lovely lady that we like to call Noncompliant Mary. Noncompliant Mary is not only the screener of this show, but she's a board member and a participating member of the Human Solution International. She's going to ask you a couple of questions, let you know uh, what what to expect, and uh, you'll get to be a part of the show that way. If you're on Facebook, keep your eye open. There is a live stream streaming your way, and you can share it, listen to it, hopefully. Uh, if you do find it, you'll pass it to some place where more people can. Our uh, listenership covers the mainland United States. It goes out, uh, I expect this week, we'll probably have some listeners in Puerto Rico. Um, we've got listeners up in to our neighbors in the north. We've got a number of Canadian members, a uh, chapter in Canada, and... Uh, we get a pretty decent listening out there. We get some down to our neighbors in the south and mattering across the rest of the world. So that's another way to do it. You can also go on to the Blog Talk Radio Network, and there's a link that's been bouncing around yesterday or this morning, and you can click on the stream that way. That's an audio stream, and uh, but it'll be the clearest one as it's going directly from my phone to the um, the server, whatever it is on there. So that's the nature of this. What's the show about? Well, the Human Solution International is about us. It's about liberty. It's about human rights, civil rights, patients' rights, uh, veterans' rights, every kind of human rights you can think of. This is a show that's about those rights, about us, about people that are willing to stand up for those rights, about people who have been denied those rights. People are having to fight for those rights. Um, it's about cannabis. It's not just about cannabis. It's about the audacity of a government to make a plant illegal. It's about the multiple layers of heinous act that it was to make this plant illegal. It's about the people that have been denied the ability to access this plant and have suffered and even died because of it. It's about the people who have been willing to be outlaws to access this plant and the hardships and sacrifices they've made. It doesn't make sense. It's ridiculous. It's wrong on so many levels, and it's worth fighting for. Uh, I'm a nurseryman. I'm a farmer, I'm a cannabis aficionado of sorts. Um, I work with all kinds of plants, but there isn't a plant 
on this earth that I would be willing to fight for the way I am for this one. So we're going to talk about that. What's so special about this plant? Well, a lot. A lot is so special about this plant. There are a lot of people that I know today that are alive and able to function because of this plant. And I can't think of another plant that can claim that. We're going to be talking today to people who are incarcerated because of this plant. We're going to talk to people today whose loved ones are incarcerated because of this plant. And we're going to be talking to people today who are fighting to be to keep from being incarcerated because of this plant. And finally, we're going to be talking to somebody today who was incarcerated because of this plant for a very long time and has become free not that damn long ago. So that's how to participate. Um, if you've got anything you want to talk about that's relevant to that topic, give a call at 646-929-2495. If you have a case that's going on right now um, that you want to share, an update, uh, rally support for, um, let's do it. This is a show brought to you by The Human Solution and the Coffee Party, and it's a part of the Coffee Party Radio Network. So if you're supporting uh, of either of those organizations, I welcome you. If you're not, I welcome you too, but, you know, I have my thoughts and feelings about all that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share this. I'm gonna, let's all take a moment, and if you're on the live feed, let's take a minute and let's share it if we can. Let's see if it's going to let me do this. I'm going to take a pregnant pause and get this sucker up live. Okay, there we go. It's on my public page, and here we go. All right, let's see what we got. We got a big show today. We don't have the show that we had expected. We were supposed to have Dr. Lisa Rourke joining us, um, but something happened. She wasn't able to make it. That will never, has never and uh, isn't going to stop us today. We've got a great lineup. I'm going to call it a mystery batch, and uh, we have some amazing guests. We're going to start off with Tracy Glor. Tracy Glor is a member of the Human Solution. She is a uh, an advocate. She's a wonderful woman. I've spent a little bit of time with her uh, personally. Her son is currently serving time in federal prison because of this plant. And her son was just recently denied an appeal. And her son is Lance Glor. And you'll see on Facebook and probably a lot of other places a, um, a slogan, One Team, One Dream. And I just think that's a, it's a brilliant um, way of putting it. I talk constantly about unity, about uh, working together, about putting your egos aside and your personal beefs or whatever the hell keeps you from working together. Um, I am endlessly frustrated with the cannabis movement. I think it's barely a movement. I think that the, some of the biggest movers and shakers are the biggest douchebags in the world because they will not work with others. And it just makes no sense. Why doesn't everybody stand together and work with for a common goal? So, I watch over and over and over people who could be helped by other groups refuse their help, refuse to acknowledge, refuse to participate, refuse to unify, 
could, and it breaks my heart. It makes me think we could do so much better if we just decided to put aside our differences and work together. Well, Tracy Glor is one who also agrees with that, and her and I have spoken about that, and she's always been about one team, one dream. We're all together, and her son is locked up for pot, and it's ridiculous. And how dare anybody have a problem with anybody else who's not locked up for pot um, over some whatever, who even cares what the hell it's about. So without any further ado, we got Tracy Glor. Tracy, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Joe. I'm doing good. How are you? Well, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm here to uh, hopefully uh, be a part of, of of a new project. Um, I hope my introduction was accurate, um, and why don't you just kind of pop in and let's, let's bring us up to speed with what's going on with Lance. I know up until very recently you've been sort of um, gagged about talking about what's been going on, and as much as I would love to have you come on the show every week and tell us what's going on, I would never want to um, put Lance in jeopardy or the work that the work that you and and the people up in Washington are doing to uh, bring about his freedom. So I'm always um, I always say let's do what we can do to be the most effective. So I understand we've had some changes and some updates. Why don't you just bring us up to speed? Okay, um, Lance recently was up in front of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in Washington State, um, and they denied his evidentiary hearing again. So the attorney has filed a rehearing with the same three judges, and then she filed, uh, I guess it's called an en blanc, document that goes up in front of all 12 of the Ninth Circuit Court judges. Lance has never, ever, ever had an evidentiary hearing. His rights have been completely denied at the federal court level. So there's, he's never, ever been able to provide any evidence whatsoever of him being guilty, not guilty, anything. It's all been hearsay of the witnesses at the trial. Um, He's had no due process or anything like that. So his rights are totally been violated. And he's sitting in prison in a little cell while Washington State and several other states are um, going about the business just like he was doing, totally legal and He's behind bars because of his integrity and he wouldn't rat on anybody. Um, he's getting extremely frustrated, disappointed. I'm really I'm really concerned about him in there. Well, you know, um, Tracy, you, you brought up a very important point and this is something that um is is if there's anything unfair in the world, this exemplifies it. Lance is is in the company of so many people like myself even, even though luckily I wasn't ever sentenced, I spent the time in, people that stand their ground and feel their righteousness, take it to trial, and ultimately don't cooperate, meaning they don't rat, they don't tattle, they don't throw people under the bus, those are the people that are punished the worst. And those are the people that, 
in my opinion, um, you know, have the most integrity, the only integrity of this. And when I watch the people that skate so much of the time, uh, you know, they were part of somebody else getting locked up. And I've seen it happen. I've written about it. I've been accused by prosecutors of threatening witnesses. It drives me nuts. And I just wish people would understand that those people that are suffering the most are the people that did the most righteous thing. Right. And his two co-defendants, they did rat on people. They did, quote, cooperate with the prosecutor, and they got four years probation. That's it. And he got 10 years behind bars. And that is unfortunately true so many times. And they uh, were found guilty of money laundering and whatnot. He was, um, he's in there for conspiracy to distribute and manufacture marijuana, which he was totally Washington state legal. Yeah, I I know. I mean, and I I remember when the case was going on and I remember hearing about, uh, you know, the people that were at the end, um, ended up cooperating, and it, it, it's what happens. And for those of you who don't know, um, let me just lay it out. When the government starts a case, they'll do an investigation. They'll round up everybody that they think is connected to it. They start pressing on them. They start threatening them. You guys went through incredible stress of the government trying to uh, pressure you guys to take it a deal. Um, most people end up. Uh, especially the people that are the most uh, culpable, the the people that are facing the most and worst charges uh, are going to be threatened with huge sentences, losses of property, losses of loved ones, uh, loved ones being charged, uh, everything horrible you can imagine. And they say, well, you know, you're facing this, 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 and this, all these charges. You're facing 30 to 50 years, but if you cooperate, you won't have to go to jail. What do you think most of them do? They cooperate. You think to yourself, well, what does that mean, cooperate? Well, the U.S. attorney, their job is, well, their job is supposed to be to execute justice and and make sure the laws are followed. But what their job really is is to hunt down people, and they're like hunters, and they get big game trophies. And every time that they get a case, if they get convictions, those are like little thorns up on their wall. They get to uh, move up the ladder, get promotions, they get paid, um, and, you know, ultimately they, they, they either succeed or fail based on this. Well, if you decide to cooperate, what that means is you're going to help these U.S. attorneys get more thorns up on the wall. They're gonna, you're going to help them get more convictions. And what they hope is going to happen is that you'll testify against the, the defendants that they have that are not cooperating, first of all, And second of all, they're hoping that you open up doors for future investigations. And unfortunately, it works pretty good. Uh, Most of the people, I don't know what the percentage number is, but I think it's probably in the 90s of people that actually uh, cooperate as opposed to the less than 10% of people who stand their ground, fight, and do not uh, rat on other people. And uh, that's what we're up against. So Lance, as much as I've never met him in person, I certainly know him through his works, and I know him through you, and I know him through, um, you know, his his presence in in custody. And he's always, 
he's always been a righteous, upstanding guy. He's always been. A, he's a guy I want to meet. He's a guy I'm looking forward to meeting. Um, and so now the question is, okay, so um, you know he's been locked up. They've moved him around. Uh, how much time has he actually done in solitary through all this? I know he was in there for a while. Yeah, he was in solitary for a couple weeks because he sent out uh, too many Christmas cards at one time. Oh yeah, that's that's we 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 don't want yeah. that the Christmas card senders. No, so and they uh, he was given a two hundred dollar fine at the time of his federal trial, which he was never notified about. So they took away his commissary, his phone, his email. For over a year, and and that's just crazy. Those are the little things. I mean, they're not little things. They, those are the things that allows an inmate to be connected to humanity. Um, we talk about yeah. you know cruel and unusual punishment, and being locked up by itself for a nonviolent crime is cruel and unusual, cruel and unusual punishment. However, you take away access to the outside world. Um, and it, it becomes barbaric what they've done. And I think that that's something that, again, part of the reason for this show is to bring to light the, the treatment that goes on. The, the it does, You don't ever hear about this stuff. You don't, you don't hear about um, these cases in the media. You know, everybody's busy looking at goofy things. And, and uh, you know, this is real civil rights issues. These are, these are real families that are affected, these are real individuals that are affected, and this has got such a ripple effect, it reaches so many people. Anybody who actually cares about liberty, you need to be shaken to your core over this, because this could be you. It's, if we don't do anything about it, it's just a matter of time till it will be you, and people just don't get it, and, and that's, again, part of what this is about. So, um, you know, through all this time, you and I have been sp speaking for, I don't know, it's been, what, a year and a half since we met, something like that, when we met up there in Corona. Yep. And during this time, I mean, we were working on one approach, another approach. There's been, you know, you and Lance and the team have, have ne never slowed down in, in an effort to bring freedom. I really thought that when the Kettle Falls case um went down and, and, you know, their case was dropped over uh, the new laws and the new interpretations of those that, that was going to trickle down and Lance was going to be an easy uh, recipient of that benefit. But turns out that wasn't the case, or at least so far hasn't been the case. Um, you say this appeal's been denied and uh, or this, this evidentiary, evidentiary hearing has been denied. Um, how is that as far as the appeal the appeal process? Where are we at with that? Well, she just filed uh, for the rehearing. Uh, it's been about 18 days now, and she says there's no time limit on them to get back with us. So we're just at their mercy. Um, it's just really ludicrous. The well, The... The one thing is, is, is at the appellate level, um, you're dealing with a different type of judge, and with this new emerging law that's happening, you know, when I mean law, I don't mean a single law, I just mean the, the, the state of the law, been 
a lot of small rulings that are impactful. And the appellate court, when they do actually finally uh, read this appeal and, and, and hopefully have an oral argument hearing, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of new case uh, rulings that have happened in the last couple of years. So hopefully just the fact that uh, there's, there's a different um, – there's a different feel at the appellate level than there is at the trial level. Um, and the Well, at his, at his but, oral argument that he just had, um, one of the questions from one of the judges was, what evidence are you going to present to us that he was not guilty? And the attorney said this isn't the time nor the place to present that evidence you have to let him have an evidentiary hearing to present it because at the time of the trial the judge would not let him present any evidence period the prosecutor said it was a title 21 he wasn't there for medical marijuana it was something called a title 21 so you're not allowed to have to present any evidence so at the pre-trial the judge wouldn't let him, he didn't even want Lance to be able to say it was a medical marijuana trial, but that was uh, all the language that was going to be brought up to the jury. So he limited Lance. He couldn't bring any evidence at all to show that he was innocent. So then when we get to this Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, they said, well, you never did give any evidence, so we don't think you have any evidence. So they went about their way and came back and denied him because they said he doesn't have any evidence. Well, he's never been able to present evidence because of the federal judge. But he has a ton of evidence. <laughs> so so do you think that um, the next step is going to be Still trying to file with the appellate court, or do you need do you need to break through to the Supreme Court now? Well, if they don't do something here at this level, um, the attorney that he has now, her husband, who um, handles Kettle Falls Five, uh, Jason Zucker, he says that he will take Lance to the higher court pro bono because this is just totally ridiculous. And he needs to be afforded his rights as a American citizen. Well, that's good. I, I, I mean, at least you've got counsel that's willing to stand by him. I, I've watched so many times the attorneys that say they're going to stand with us, and then when the going gets tough, they turn their heads and walk away, or stick their hands out and ask for, you know, another ten thousand. And so, um, at least. I always try to find some, you know, hope in every situation, even if they seem dark and hopeless. Well, let's get to Lance and, and, and um, you know, the message. And I've got people on the show right now um, asking, what can we do? What can we do? And um, But first I want to get to the sort of – you've been basically gagged up until this point from talking about any of this, and I've invited you on the show a number of times. And you've always said, you know, it's just best we don't talk yet and best that Lance doesn't talk yet. But I understand that recently Lance has had a change of, of mind, a change of heart. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? He's just so frustrated about sitting in there day after day thinking that 
you know, there is uh, hope in our justice system. And after this appeal went how it did, he's he realized that um, it doesn't work that way. So he needs to get out to the media and try to get some help. And I've, I tried with the politicians and whatnot in Washington State, and they all tell me it's not their problem, it's a federal issue. And um, I've reached out to some other representatives and stuff and they say I got to go back to my own state then again it's federal and I I just don't even know what to do anymore I'm I'm so worried about Lance's mental health in there well um, as I've always said and as I say today uh, we're here to help and I'm going to now sort of interject a little bit about about all of this you know it's not my place and it's not the human solutions place to try to push anybody into doing anything. It's every individual's right and their responsibility to research and study and learn and, and do the very best thing that they think is best for them in their case. And I would never want to be somebody who uh, inadvertently got somebody in a place they didn't want to be in because of my thoughts and, and, and my experiences. But when it comes to a part where you've tried everything and that you think was the answer and, and you haven't tried some things that we know about, um, that's where I want to step in and, and say, well, um, maybe it's best to take it to the people. Maybe it's best to uh, start beating that drum. Maybe it's to raise the volume a little bit. Maybe it's best to start that grassroots thing that, that we do. And I want to bring a point up, and it's a point that, you know, kind of nags in my craw a little bit. So many people and so many groups, and especially lawmakers and, and, and elected officials and, and um, cops and judges and lawyers and all of that, they all say if you want to bring about change, you have to change the law. And I say, well, yeah, sure, but what about when your lawmakers and law enforcement and elected officials decide they don't want to follow the law, then what? What does the law mean if not everybody is treated equally by it? We have a constitutional amendment that says that we are afforded equal protection under the law. And although that may have been brought about by slavery uh, you know, issues, it affects everybody. And we all deserve equal protection under the law, yet we mostly don't get it. Some people get more protection of the law than others do. And in California, we have the highest elected official in California that has openly defied the law numerous times. The Attorney General of California, the Governor of California, uh, mayors of many, many cities in California, um, state legislators have banded together and decided that we don't want to follow certain laws. And some of those laws are about immigration, and some of those laws are about cannabis, and there's other laws that we have just decided we don't want to follow. And I think to myself, if your job is a lawmaker and you are sworn to uphold the law, then 
I don't know. Maybe you should do that. If it's not, if you're not going to do that, then what is your compass? How do I know what you're going to stand for or against? How do I know where this fits in? And, Tracy, this is Craig Cecil. Of course, we're going to give him the floor, but I'm going to come right All back right. to you as soon as we're done. Okay, great. All right, give me one second here. You will not be charged for this call. This call is Craig Cecil. In a federal prison, this call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. Hang up to decline the call or to accept. Dial 5 now. If you wish to... And, Tracy, you're still live on the air, so if you want to talk to Craig, you'll be able to. Craig, welcome to the show. Okay. How are you doing today? Hello, Joe. <laughs> how, how's it going in Terre Haute, Indiana right now? Well, it's, uh, I would say it's, we got a little traces of snow when we got last night, and it's somewhere around 30 degrees, but spring is here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot to mention snow. that. Welcome to spring. Yes, absolutely. Well, I, I just want to uh, let you know that right now, sitting here with me is a woman by the name of Tracy Glore, and um, Bill uh, Lance Glore's grandfather is also listening on the air, and Tracy is Lance Glore's mother, who is, uh, Lance Glore, as, as you may know, is an inmate in federal custody. He's serving a 10-year sentence for a pot crime where he was actually operating legally under state law in Washington, and he just was the one that didn't cooperate and rat out other people. And we just found out that um, he was denied an evidentiary hearing. He, he's been trying to, um, you know, bring evidence to his case, which we, he was not allowed to during the trial. As you know, they don't give you much opportunity for that. And um, he was just recently denied. Well, um, during this whole time, Lance has been, you know, he, he's an activist. He's helped out a lot of people. He has a lot of community support. Um, he's even got a legal team that seems to be somewhat helpful. But the U.S. government has not been um, in any way uh, understanding or even uh, accepting of the changes that are happening. And as you know, the Kettle Falls 5 case had been uh, dismissed, and the charges that they were convicted of were reversed um, in Washington State as well. And that was basically following in line the, the uh, memo that said if, uh, if an individual was following the state law that the government was, wasn't supposed to be going after them. And that's the same thing that happened to Lance. However, they have not allowed this to apply to him. So up until very recently, Lance has, you know, kept very quiet and not talked about his case because you know how it is. Anything you say can and will be used against you. But now uh, we're just talking about that they've tried everything and they're about to kind of try to reach out to the public. What are your thoughts on that? around that issue. Um, now, a couple of courts have ruled in favor of it, but 
in general, they're just kind of trying to ignore it, saying that, well, it's up to the prosecutor or who to prosecute. But, I mean, when the Congress has spoken that this is what we want the taxpayers' money to go to, this is how we want to run our government, and people ignore it, I, I think it's obvious that there's something very seriously wrong. Tracy, did you want to address this with Craig? Uh, hi, Craig. Great to talk to you, finally. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I'm... I. Uh, appreciate you so much and I uh, value what you have to say. <laughs> Tracy, did you have a, a, a question for Craig or anything that, um, you know, specifically you've got his audience for, we got another 10 minutes or so, so I just want to make sure that you guys are able to have that conversation. Um, well, I email back and forth with Craig somewhat and uh, I just, does he have any ideas of where we need to go from here? Uh, 
Monday from President Trump, I believe in, uh, what was it, New Hampshire? He announced his new drug policy, but one hand, he calls for that some offender, some drug offender should get the death penalty. Yeah. Well, but later in the later in the sentence, he said they need a lower and eliminate mandatory minimums because the war on drugs has failed. Now, how do you reconcile that? <laughs> no, I. You know, we have a we have a president that's good at mixed messages, and uh, you know, I don't even know what to think about his uh, his. Um, his messages. I mean, I, I I think there's a lot of people uh, that are that are stuck in sort of that conundrum of we have a president that is willing to break the mold, that's willing to go against the norm, and yet he's so erratic in so many ways. Uh, you know, he'll say one thing and then do the exact opposite in the next breath. So I'm hoping I'm hoping he starts focusing his attention and actions and messages and, and maybe combining them and doing the same thing a little bit better. Well, one thing I'm kind of excited about is his son-in-law spent quite a while, I guess, visiting his father. I guess Jared Kushner's father spent some time in federal prison. I believe it was on an IRS violation. But he saw a whole lot of things in the
But one thing I've noticed is that I don't know if it's because of Jeff Sessions or in spite of Jeff Sessions, but uh, under his administration, um, drug arrests are dying down 9% as to what they were under the Obama administration. So what I think that might be is just a bit more of a, uh, maybe the conservative or maybe the business type of uh, view is why are we prosecuting a lot of especially small drug offenders that really haven't committed a crime that you can really call federal in nature? That, you know, a lot of these are local crimes and that. And that they're, they're just not prosecuting near as many drug offenses. Well, you know, I have to think that in some ways, um, you know, the, the budgetary uh, effects of bogging down our system with this and pissing away so much money on these non-impactful criminals um, has got to have some, you know, we keep passing budgets. They keep coming up to the very last second. Government's been shut down again. We're how many trillion dollars in debt? You know, it's not getting better. No president in the last, I don't know how many years, has made any progress towards helping. We keep falling further behind in debt, every administration that comes through. And it just keeps getting worse. It hasn't gotten better. And you've got to think about things that work and things that don't. And I think everybody, even the hardline, uh, you know, drug haters, agree that the war on drugs has failed. It's been a black hole of federal and state funds, and it hasn't accomplished a damn thing. So even though they act like it, they're not stupid. And even though they act like it, they will make changes as, as, it's in, as it's important to their survival. And I think that's where we're coming. I agree. And I got a little taste of that from the federal government today as I spent a lot of time with uh, the Special Investigative Services, SIS as they're called, within the prison system. And they're kind of like the police department within the prison. Really? And what they're doing, they're investigating is, I don't know if you remember, about a month ago I told you how the – Dennis assaulted me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I made a complaint about it, and this is part of the investigation, but their number one concern was trying to convince me and another to just, you know, somehow withdraw my complaint. They never really gave me any reason, but that's their whole solution. The problem is we'd have no problem if we didn't make the complaint. Oh, my God. Oh, that's horrible. Hey, Craig, I, I want people that are listening to hear the value of letters written to the inmates. What do you think about every time you receive a letter? That is fantastic. It, um, I, I can't say enough about that. Letters or emails, and uh, that, that is like one of the best things. Remember, we spend a lot of time stuck in our cell and a lot of time by ourselves wondering about people on the outside and all that. And letters make such a difference that people have actually thought about us. They remembered us. They they still tried to make, keep a connection between us and the people that aren't behind the razor wire. They are extremely important to prisoners. And I, there is no prisoner I've ever met that doesn't. And there he goes. Um, you know, this is just one of the reasons why this show is important. This is one of the reasons why the work we do is important, and this is one of the things that you can do to help. Um, you know, if you don't know how to get a hold of Craig Cecil, you can go to the Bureau of Prisons website, and there's an inmate locator. 
You can just look him up, I think just with his name, and they'll give you his address, how to write a letter. Um, there's, I don't know how many inmates we still have, but there's too many. There's a lot of them still serving long terms, including life sentences. They're not only federal inmates, they're state inmates um, all over the place. No one should be in jail for pot, not ever, not for a day, not a week, not a month, not six months, not a year, and certainly not 10 years, and certainly not for life. And yet it happens, it continues to happen. And so, you know, as I get people that come on, they join up as members, they say, what can I do? I want to help. What can I do? Well, a simple thing that we all can do is write a letter. What do I write? Talk about why you're writing. Introduce yourself. You're talking to people who are, at the very least, human beings, people that have cannabis in common with you on some level, people that are incarcerated for something that you do, <laughs> so it could easily be you. Um, I don't know. There's probably plenty to talk about. So I would certainly encourage everybody and anybody to uh, – Take a minute. It takes about five to ten minutes to write a little paragraph or two, and, um, you know, that's all it takes. All right, Tracy, let's, let's talk about this campaign. Um, why don't you tell me about what your thoughts are about what you want to do, first of all, and then we'll, let's see what kind of a plan we can make. Well, I'm not sure where to go from here. I I was really shocked when Lance sent me the email the other day and said, "Okay, I need out of here. I need to I need to go big. I need to let people know what's going on." So, here I am. All right. Here we are. And, and I said, "Call the radio show. Let's make a plan." So, I think one of the first things that we can do is uh, issue a press release and then do a a, a more in-depth follow-up story. And we have a team that can help do that. Um, you've met Becca Nichols already, and um, she is absolutely uh, instrumental in that, um, and I will certainly help. And we have a number of people that will help. Maybe um, if you want to call in to our conference call tomorrow morning, um, I'll give you the information on that. It's at 9 o'clock Pacific time, and uh, a number of the board members and some of the executive directors and, and uh, chapter leaders will be on the call, and we can maybe hash okay. out some of the finer points of the details. Once again, um, if we issue a press release, that's the first part of it. The second part of it is getting saturation, um, getting this press release to uh, reach out to a broad um, range of media outlets. And I have um, connection first and second uh, removed to a lot of media outlets um, where Bobby Rodrigo is a member of the Human Solution and um, connected to a number of journalistic uh, um, uh, outlets. And uh, we got, I don't know, three or four other people that have been very instrumental in sharing some of the more public cases that we've had. And we've gotten, I don't know, I think one of, one of the articles that we got out, I think, had, I don't know, 50,000 views on it, which, you know, in the 
big scheme of things might not be huge, but um, that's 50,000 targeted views of people that might take some action. So I would put that up against, you know, a couple of million mainstream views to people who are maybe barely paying attention. Um, I would absolutely ask um, you to get Lance's direct input on this, and um, let's get from him, if you can talk to him tonight, what specifically he wants to talk about or not talk about. And I think most importantly, we need to create a call to action like Craig was talking about. Um, and I agree and disagree with Craig on that. You know, we've got to change the law. Yeah, we've got to change the law. But it's bigger than that. We've got to start doing the right thing. And um, the elected officials need to realize that we've already taken these actions. We've already passed state legislation. We've been pushing for federal legislation for 20 years it's, or longer. It's not, this isn't a new thing. We didn't just like, oh, I know, let's make a plant legal when it should be legal the whole time. This is not a new thing. This is something that's been going on for a long, long time. And there's a lot of people that are benefiting from the laws and changes that we've already made. So I think that we need to focus a message um, that has a very specific direction, a very specific action or actions that can be taken. And we need to make it very personal. We need to tell a backstory in a, in a succinct um, but touching way. And I know that's a lot to do, but I think if we if you join our call tomorrow morning, um, or we can set a special call if we need to, if you're unable to do that, um, I think that's what needs to happen. I think we need to make this uh, a group project, and we've been able to do some really good work with that before, and we've gotten a lot of, um, you know, a lot of a, a lot of value. I know the the last thing that we did when we were trying to get that legislation passed was very disappointing. Um, but even though it was disappointing, we did get a lot of people participate. I think we had more than 1,000 people that signed on in some way or another. And I think if you had 1,000 people reach out directly on Lance's behalf, I have to think it might have an impact. So this is a very more personal project than that last one, and I think it will likely reach more people. Um, and people, in my experience, tend to be moved to act when there's a personal story and a directive given by the individual that's being touched. And you, as a loved one, combined with that, give a double, um, I don't know, a double edge to that. So I think that that's a place to start right now without uh, taking up a lot of the show, just sort of mulling about ideas. I think let's start there. What do you think? I think that sounds great. All right. Well, then let's let's take that as a homework assignment. Um, I will message you the call-in information uh, for the call tomorrow morning. If you're able to make it at nine, that'll be perfect. If you're not, let me know, and we'll schedule it at another time. Um, but let's uh, let's make this one happen. Let Lance know that we're absolutely on this, and we will do it as both a human solution and a coalition project, and we'll bring aboard anybody who's willing to help. All right, I'll be there. Excellent. Anything else you want to say as a parting shot? Uh, one team, one dream. Yes, it is. And I'm proud and glad to be part of that team. 
and we're going to make this dream happen. And uh, I look forward to meeting Lance in person one day and uh, furthering the work. All right. Thank you so much, Joe. All right. Thank you, Tracy. All right, folks, once again, Tracy Glor, um, mother of Lance Glor, POW, in the drug war. And uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's disturbing, I think might be the right word, that Lance has gone through everything he's gone through and that, um, well, in California and Washington and Oregon and um, Colorado and New York and all these places, even Puerto Rico, we've got people benefiting in so many ways making money and creating jobs and growing pot and making vape cartridges and making dabs and having parties and having events and having contests and cups and people getting famous and all this groovy stuff. Lance Glor's sitting in prison right now for the same thing. And it could be any one of us. And, you know, unfortunately, most people don't have it in them to make the change, especially when they're capable. The most capable ones seem to do the least. So once again, I issue a challenge. Why don't we take a minute, step up your notch, step up your game a notch. Um, Do a little something more than you were doing before. If you weren't doing anything, do something. If you don't know what to do, get a hold of me. I'm easy to find. All right, we're going to continue our mixed brew. we got about an hour left of the show and lots to do in this hour. Um, We've got Glenn Keeling we're going to bring up next. Glenn is the chapter coordinator out of Ohio, and Glenn and Peggy just uh, received some news from the last show, and let's uh, let Glenn tell us the story. Glenn, welcome hey, to the Jeff. show. How are you today? Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we um, actually went to – mine was dismissed without prejudice on Monday, and Peggy's was done yesterday. Um, what that means is um, we're free for right now. We're out from under any, any bonds or bails, and we're out from under the court system until they get test results back and decide to either recharge us or to just let it go at that point. But they do have the option of recharging us in the future sometime. Well, um, you know, it's a, it's a mixed blessing, but a blessing nonetheless uh, to go from having charges over your head and being out on bail and uh, not being free to use the medicine that helps you so much to, at least for now, uh, able to get back to a healing trend. Um, I know for Peggy, it's a big um, it's a big deal. I know she's been unable to medicate in, with medicine that's helped her effectively, and um, you know, hopefully at least this will start to reverse some of that. Right, yeah, we're, we're, we're thankful for being, you know, out from under this for right now. Um, hopefully it doesn't get too much worse for Peggy before she starts the rehealing reversal. Um, of course, you know, once you start the medicine, it takes a little bit to get into you before it actually starts working. So, yeah, we started medicating yesterday, right? <laughs> Our court was at one thirty. We were medicating by two thirty. <laughs> well, but yeah, we we're we're thankful for all the support that we got, and and you know, Joe's right. We've got to step up, start writing letters, you know, and, and 
for Lance. We've, we've got to get letters going because it is a very big help. Well, we're going to tomorrow morning um, begin to craft a plan, and I know the team that we have um, to begin this is very capable, and um, I think that that key is, is to think about um, our message, um, our direction, how we're going to get the message out there, and specifically a call to action, how we can engage the people that we reach. And I know that if we do that effectively, we can make a difference. We've made a difference for so many people in the past using similar methods. And so um, it, it's on us. We can do it. And I know that uh, if we do it, we'll have the effect that we're looking for and ultimately, um, you know, get Lance that freedom that he deserves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we had a big calling for letters, and, and we just got an over outpouring of letters. I'd, it would be nice to get like five times that amount for Lance because he is at in serving. He's already done time. He doesn't. He's done way more than what is deserved. I couldn't agree more. Well, all right. Well, congratulations on your uh, dismissal, even if it is uh, without prejudice. At, at very least, you've got. Uh, reprieve and you've got some time to heal and um, you know not not be oppressed in the way you've been for the last several months all right on yeah it's it's a blessing um yeah we're we're glad to be out from under it for right now and we'll just see what happens we're not going to give up the fight um next battle to get through is peggy's surgery tomorrow um and i think that we'll be on the way to being okay after that um, if anybody wants to contact us or just want to talk, you can find us on Facebook with the Human Solution International Ohio Chapter, Wayne Keeling, if you want to find me personally, or just simply give me a call at 419-863-0498. Excellent. Well, Glenn, thank you so much. Thank you for standing tall, and uh, hopefully we'll get you guys uh, healed up and out there uh, leading the charge once again. Right on, right on. Thank you again, Joe, for having me on and giving me a forum to be heard. Oh, always. You betcha. All right, folks, Glenn, Ke- Glenn Keeling, once again, from our Ohio chapter of the Human Solution. All right, let's see what we got next. We got uh, Dolores Halbin. Uh, Dolores uh, was the one that had arranged the interview with Dr. Lisa Rourke, and that somehow uh, slipped through the cracks, but hopefully she'll be able to come join us next week. But we love Dolores. We love Dolores in so many ways. And Dolores has been through um, a hell that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. And she's um, at the anniversary of that hell. Um, She lost her freedom. She lost her husband. Uh, She fought a brutal battle. She almost lost her nurse's license, for God's sake. But once again, we were able to come through and have an impact in that. Uh, Dolores is a champion of of this cause and many others, um, a champion of the cause of humanity, and I'm very proud and and grateful to uh, call her a friend and a member of the Human Solution. Dolores Helvin, welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh, Joe, that's such a sweet introduction. My goodness, I'm just floating here. (laughs) Thank you. That's kind words. You know that's a prerequisite. Flattery gets you everywhere. (laughs) No, I'm I'm glad to be on. Um, 
And Tracy, if you're still listening, I love you. Hang in there. This too shall pass. We will get him home. Prisoners do have their end dates. Um, when my son was serving time, that uh, he listened to a Garrison Keillor uh, Prairie Home Companion show, and that's one of the things that uh, Garrison Keillor was saying when it, in his introduction to Lake Wobegon was, and prisoners have their end date. And just hearing that was so special to my, I have an end date, I have an end date, I have an end date. No matter, you know, how far down the pike it is, it can't go any further than that. So that's a hard thing for guys like Craig that don't got an end date. And, man, we got to we gotta do something about this. This has just got to stop. Well, we are. What are they that's just going to say, uncle? Exactly. Well, you know, the thing is, is, and this is really important, I think, if people realize that we are applying pressure. We are applying force to this wall, and all we need is more people applying this force. That's really all if we could tap in on those kids, man, if we could just tap in on the energy of the children, on the energy of the Me Too movement, and and if we could have just shown the how come uh, this is all happening, we can tell you how come, because, you know, where have all the fathers gone? They've gone to prison. Where have all the bullets gone? They've gone to children. Where have all the children gone? They've gone to graveyards. We, it's all connected to a generation being raised with no parents because they're we're the incarceration nation, and they, they this is the outcome of of that going on since the 1970s. And if we can connect the Me Too with you know 65 billion earmarked for weed. And nothing is earmarked for rape. Nothing. Nope. You know, we've, we've got to make this a universal issue because it is. How we do that, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, is we gather around a round table, whether it's a, a virtual table or a real table or both, and we have these discussions. We, we talk about it. Yeah. We think about it. Are some yeah. amazing people that we're connected to and, and no degree of separation to six degrees of separation. We have the answer within our, within our group. We have it. We just have to get it together, express it and execute it. That's all we need to do. You know, we got to visualize it too. I, I really believe that it's, I mean, the greatest minds ever, um, all the way back to the Buddha, um, as you think you create, uh, Jesus, as you believe, so it shall be done. Einstein, imagination is more important than intellect. To really start seeing this done, seeing, visualizing it, hearing it, waking up every day expecting it. And, and I believe that there is an energy to that that can overpower the evil forces that are working against us. Because, like, I was, you know, listening to you guys talk. I mean, shit, Henry Ford couldn't win this battle, you know, back in 1937. Henry Ford couldn't do it. And he had a lot of money. George Schlechten couldn't do it. Hell, they squished his name. He should have been the greatest inventor of all time. So we're up against powerful evil. But I, I think, 
you know, kind of almost the meditative prayer thing. We've got to collectively gather our, you know, metaphorical armies of our brains and absolutely come down on this. Um, I'm going to New York for the Patients Out of Time conference, and I'm going to contact CBS and try to get an interview, try to get the, you know, Oprah and Nora O'Donnell and those women to come down to the conference. It's only, you know, a bus, well, shit, a limo right away for them. Um, Nothing. To come down and listen and see. And just, we, man, the truth is just the the kids I used to work with when I was in the all black school, I love this, the, the little girls, I was in the nurse, I was part of conflict resolution, and they would say, nurse, I'm telling you, the truth is still down there lacing up its shoes while the rise, while the lies are running down the hall. And yeah, that is so true. I mean, we have got to catch up with the lies. We've got to get our shoes laced up and get out there and get a march on Washington organized and pray for our X factor, that unknown event that triggers the national outrage. Like we haven't had enough of them, you know, Jesus. And I'm so grateful for Glenn and Peggy. And now they really do need letters. Now we need everyone to write letters saying, let these people go. Now that they're this far, we need a whole nother round. We need a lot of just saying, don't reopen the investigation. If they don't hear anything more, they'll do it. So we got to do it. One more round of letters for Glenn and Peggy. Well, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think that, you know, you touched on a lot of really good points. And that's one of the huge values of this show is there's a lot of ways to express a similar idea. And each of these ways is going to reach a different kind of a thought process, a different mind, a different way of, of, of thinking and understanding. And that's why I encourage and, and, and support these conference calls we do, this radio show. Uh, when we have dialogue about things, we are creating. And we are. We, we are absolutely. A thought and create a thought in such a way that somebody else can see it. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. doing exactly what you said. And I think that that's what needs to happen. When we live in a world where people don't communicate verbally anymore, they don't tell stories, they don't describe things, they 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 type in 144 characters or less. They use yeah. um, cartoon characters to express ideas. I was just in a place over the weekend, and I saw a 5,000-year-old uh, petroglyph, and the petroglyph looked like a bunch of cartoon smiley faces. <laughs> and there was a, a character that looked like a bird inside of it. And my wife uh-huh. said, what's with the bird? And I thought to myself, you know, that carving in the rock that I saw that was made by who knows who, however long ago, looks like a text message today. And I can't help Maybe we've gone a little backwards in the way that we, that we work. And you know who doesn't do that? The people and the groups and the, and the governments that are oppressing us. They communicate mm-hmm. in memos and, and clear thoughts, and they have organized ideas, and they bring people together, and they say, here's what we're going to do, and here's how we're going to do it, and here's how we're going to pay for it, and then they can do it. And we sitting here, you know, poking each other going, oh, I don't like that person because they didn't do this. 
And what do you think about this? Do you like this? How many likes? How come you didn't share this? And we're going to, you know, have these, 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 you know, juvenile discussions using cartoon bloops. Uh, I don't know. You know, you got you to gotta think about that. So I'd say, why don't we step up the game? Why don't we sit around the campfire, have a cup of joe, share a conversation. Let's paint some ideas. Let's tell some stories. Let's, Let's create our future. It's the stories that bring people in. I don't know why Jane and I's story resonated, but when the original story was written in the paper on the 30th of March of 2014, it went viral. It went around the world. It went to nine countries. It was translated into ten languages. And I don't know why, but it is the stories that seems it's telling our stories and getting our stories out there that changes hearts and minds. And I'm telling you, we're, you know, we're, we're in the final stretch on our Missouri medical petition. And I am working in my own backyard. And I feel like every vote, every signature I get should count for 100 anywhere else. Because every signature I get means I have changed someone's mind. Because no one, and I do mean no one out here, even knew there was medical marijuana when I was working on the 2016 campaign. I was starting from scratch. And now we've had, you know, we got us a reporter, so we've had a lot of good coverage. And God bless her, man. Um, Dr. Rorick, uh, we got in Castile, is this town that hasn't changed for since my grandfather helped build the courthouse there 100 years ago. It's... Um, a really old, it's like the, the heart of the heart of the heart of the Bible Belt. And I have gone door-to-door in Castle with petitions and talked to people, literally, door-to-door the entire town. Well, this year, one of our door-to-door people found Dr. Rorick, who was supposed to be on tonight. And she said, yeah, I'm all for it. I sell CBD in my clinic. Uh, yeah, leave the petitions here. You can, I will sign. And she's been out going to town halls. And on the paper signing the petition, and the reporter that's been working with us called all the clinics in the area, and hers was the only one that would comment. And the editor of the paper down here, and this is how much it's changed and with education, the editor of the paper let her call out those clinics, let her list the names of those clinics they made on the front paper, such and such a clinic said, we're not interested in. And that took guts, man. That, for this area, <laughs> to do that. And uh, so, yeah, we have, it's, it's this major crack. We've made a, in the corner of southwest Missouri, a two years ago, marijuana exists now um, I'm getting 8 out of 10 signatures of the people that I ask so um, the uh, for the rest of the month you can pull in the driveway and don't know any other way to do it that no meal fine but it's it's crazy trying to change people's minds. The point of telling you all this, it's one person at a time. This is absolutely grassroots. Absolutely. Each one of us has to commit to telling one person that doesn't know about cannabis, about cannabis every day. 
and they'll tell another person and so on. It's like it's word of, we just have to keep changing hearts and minds with education. Well, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, one of the other things that I don't think we talk about enough, I try to talk about being effective and, and that being an objective. You know, it doesn't matter what you feel or think or, 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 or do or don't do if it's not effective. If you don't, if you don't achieve yeah. what you're setting out to, you haven't been successful. And right. one of the things that we do so, so poorly is we do the same thing over and over that doesn't work, and we keep ex- expecting, expecting maybe a different outcome. Right, yeah. and, and that's been classified by a number of great minds as insanity. Maybe yeah. the most important thing we don't do is we don't do the things that do work again. We somehow forget about them, and we don't do them, and, and that's what you know our organization, The Human Solution, is about. We've gathered an experience of 10 years of, yeah. of grassroots mobilizing, and we have uh-huh. things that – so I want to maybe – We know what works. Well, I know, but I want to – We know town halls on. work. We know we know people going to the press works. We know getting local small papers to cover us works. We know what we have to do. Um, we just have to get more people – to move from advocate to active. I couldn't agree more. Well, one of the things <laughs> I is I want to get the, the, the verbiage of your story, the one that went viral a few years back. I, I want to, yeah. I want to use that as a model. There was something about that story, not just the characters and the, and the nature of that story, but the way mm-hmm. it was told. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. a key to success in that. And I want to take that and at least bring it to the table for Tracy's and Lance's story and let's see what we can glean. Uh, see what we can take yeah, and use. We need a storyboard. Um like we, well, we need can, to do a storyboard. Yes. You know, and then somehow use those in the billboard. Storyboards to go to billboards. You know, I, I and man, I saw a brilliant one on Facebook the other day. It was, I don't know who put it up and I couldn't find out who did it, but it was a billboard and it had all the effects of alcohol on one side and red and then marijuana and the other side in green, you know, wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, effect, eat pizza, you know, <laughs> it was really, really done creatively and funny and I don't know if anybody else saw that out there but I'm still trying to find people that would come up with 600 bucks for a billboard but you know right now everybody in Missouri is just doing but getting signatures for three more weeks and if I get caught doing anything but signatures in the next three weeks they're going to yell at me (laughs) absolutely I'm going to you, uh, I'm going to sneak you away for a minute to at least get some of the information about where to find the original story that you said got so much coverage. Oh, and can I, I? Yeah, let's get together on that. Um, I I should be able to and find that and like tag you on Messenger on that. And if you will send me the stuff, I promise I'll call into tomorrow 
meeting. I've had children here, but I'll just lock them out of the bedroom <laughs> like I did tonight. So I would like to be in on tomorrow morning's conference call. So somebody tell Lisa, somebody get me on that call. Um, I will. And I yeah. Will. I've I've got several things out there that you can use. Um, one of the most touching ones, and it's long, it's two hours, and I've only been able to listen to it myself once, and it was hard enough. But it's called A Case for Medical Marijuana, and it was a blog done by um, Growth Origins, Waldo Jones did. And it was the very last time I was able to leave Gene alone. It was Halloween. And when I got home that day, I knew I could never leave him alone again, ever. And I didn't leave him alone. He died Thanksgiving Day night, and I did not leave the house again from that day that I did that interview to the day he died. And it's a tough interview, but it covers so much history. Um, It's one that would be good for interviews beginners that don't know anything about why medical marijuana is why the how come it answers a lot of those how come questions so it might be another one to get out there so anyway I got a couple more ideas there's some stuff I've written I need to get to you guys and I know you've probably got other people waiting here lined up for the night always uh, eager to hear what you have to say and Hopefully we can figure out what happened to Dr. Lisa. Um, she was supposed to be on the show today, so hopefully uh, we can get her on. Well, she's next. a primary care doctor with three young children, so and her cow just had a baby. Her yard cow just had a baby today. So uh, <laughs> it could have been any number of things. <laughs> but the you know the thing about that for us is to get a doctor in this state of Missouri is like monumentally huge. And another show we need to do, Joe, is we need to get Jamie Palmisano Katz back on. We need to get the guys from Normal in St. Louis, and we need to get Dan Veith on and have them explain how we have had to take Missouri one city at a time and how how what the process is to do this And people that are in states like ours that are just, like, ridiculous can start doing this. And your city legal. You decriminalize in your city. And we've done it now in St. Louis, Kansas City, Missouri, and Columbia. (laughs) Well, you know, Dolores, um, I am both patient and tenacious. And uh, I am more than willing to wait for the people that – are important to come on the show. I'm also pesky and willing to bug them if need be. So just tell me which way to go. And oh, I know. You're Henry. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> I know you. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've got, uh, you would like this. You would like the Columbia crowd. They've got two ounces decriminalized totally. You can't buy it. You can't sell it. You can't grow it. You can pull it out of your magic hat and you can have two ounces and nobody cares. The magic wand. <laughs> yeah. So Columbia is called the magic hat city of weed. Well, they're not the yeah, only ones. We're a, that out there, but, you know, I happen yeah, to know that. We're a crazy that. state. Excellent. All right, Delance. Well, always, always a pleasure. Um, I, I, I love you like a sister from another mister. 
And uh, oh, it's so cute. One day I, I love you too, to... all you guys. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, um, let's talk tomorrow. I'll forward you the information yeah. you need for the call, yeah. and uh, we will sally forth over the Money River. I'm like getting old, so you got to keep me on this shit. <laughs> all right. Talk. Thanks for having me on, Joe. You betcha. All right, folks. Once again, Dolores Albion. Um, amazing individual and human solution member. We'll leave it at that. Okay, 35 minutes and 10 seconds left to go on the show and lots of folks to go, but this is a little moment I get to talk. So, um, let's see. I saw a video today, and it was um, from a little child. My wife pointed it out to me, and uh, it was about practice. And I just thought it was powerful. If you if you are on Facebook, which as many of you are, look for it. It's about a little. It's a little kid talking about practicing and what do we practice? And he talked about um, you know if you practice anything, you get really good at it. And he talked about um, getting good at being angry and getting good at being worried and getting good at um, being critical and some of the things that so many of us get so good at, and you get so good at it that the slightest things will cause it to happen, and the critic will find criticism for anything, and the professional anger person will get angry at anything, and the worried person will be worried about anything. And then you think about things like understanding and, and joy and making the world better and all the other things that we might to practice, and I think about the things that are important to you, and maybe think about spending more time practicing them. 10,000 hours can make anybody a virtuoso. What are you going to be a virtuoso of? Think about it, folks. Think about it. All right, The Human Solution. We are a 501c3 nonprofit civil rights organization driven by membership and member donations. I'm not NPR. I'm not going to have a fun drive every week. That's boring, and nobody wants to hear about it. But frankly, we don't exist if it isn't for the people that are here, the members. We have all kinds of members. We have Hardway members that are here just because they went to jail for a plant. We have a lot of them, probably more of them than anything else. We have volunteer members, not a lot of them because you actually have to volunteer to become a volunteer member, most people will say, yes, I want to help, but they don't. Then we also have paid memberships. We have a 420 membership, which means every $4, every month you toss in $4.20 into the hat, about as much as it costs to get one of these at Starbucks or any of your other fancy coffee places. Um, it's a hamburger, uh, number one special at In-N-Out. It's a burrito. It's probably not even a beer at a fancy bar. Uh, it's half a joint or maybe a joint. Um, it's not very much. And if you think about what we do and what we're part of and, and, and the differences we've made in the world, it's a worthwhile investment. I encourage you to participate. All you have to do is go to the website, thsintl.org, and click on membership. There's a number of other ways you can be a member um, through that same link. Uh, there's a monthly member, a sponsor member. Uh, uh, there's three or four other types. Anyways, 
participate. Either you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution. I would deeply encourage you to be second up. Um, we have a new membership coordinator. I talked about that the last couple of weeks, Albert Thomas. Um, in the transition to him being a membership coordinator, I'm going to clean up all of the outstanding memberships in the next couple of days. If you are a paid member and have not received your card, please get a hold of me. If you don't have one of these and one of these and a brochure, one of these and a little welcome letter and, and whatever else, maybe even a T-shirt, the things that you are entitled to, contact me. Call me, 951-436-6312, public figure page on Facebook. I'm easy to find. Uh, let me know, hey, I paid for my membership way back when. I didn't get my crap. Here's how to reach me. That's all I need. I'll make it happen. Next, we have elections coming up. The Human Solution is a very unique organization. We are non-sponsored. That means nobody, we're not beholden to anybody. Nobody's given us money and said, here's how to operate. Here's what we think is important. Um, our leadership is all volunteer. Every position from CEO and president down to, not down to, sideways to every possible membership coordinator, outreach coordinator, treasurer, secretary, uh, vice president, all of the positions that we have are all volunteer and they're all important. And every two years, we cast our votes. Every member, every active member, that doesn't mean you joined up four years ago once and you didn't pay your membership dues. It means I'm a current active member that has one of these that is valid. You get a vote. Not only do you get a vote, but you can run for any of these offices. If you're qualified, you're an active member, you get to be part of the team. We encourage that. We have a very strong board and leadership team right now. We've always had difficulty in getting people willing to step up as this is a volunteer position. It's a serious position. We're probably the workingest group out there that doesn't get paid. I mean, I've worked with a lot of groups. I'm members of a lot of groups. And just about every group that's effective in any way, people are getting paid. This is all heart, folks, all grassroots, and we're the ones that get it done. So. Participate. Election coming up. You can be part of it. You can vote. Uh, let's see. What else we got? If I get time, I'll talk about Puerto Rico. I was just in Puerto Rico for a couple of days, but that's enough of me. Let's get back to you. Uh, let's see. We got my friend Adam Asenberg on the line. I love Adam Asenberg and his wife. Um, Amazing, amazing people. Adam's one of the people that I met when I was fighting my case. And he was standing up to the government fighting his case. And uh, the government backed down to him just like they did to me. Only Adam took it another level. Not only does he run for sheriff uh, up in the Spokane area of Washington, but he's also filed a lawsuit with the government. <clears throat> And he's going to tell us a little bit about what's happening. Bill, my voice is on its way out. So you guys are going to have to carry most of the rest of the show here. Oh, and by the way, Adam's also a member and a chapter coordinator up in Spokane. And a huge uh, 
supporter of the Human Solution. Adam, welcome to the show. How are you good? I'm doing great, Joe. I even had some surgery since the last time we talked. Oh, my goodness. Tell us about that. What happened? Well, what happened is, as you know, I had nine broken vertebrae in my spine, and they took out C5 through C7 in my neck and replaced it with cadaver bone and stuck in some pins, needles, and a plate, and it cut down about two-thirds of my pain. Woo-hoo! Wow. All right. Go dead, people. And besides that, and besides that, I got some wonderful news about my court case. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, a week from this Friday, is here in my case in Moscow, Idaho. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, because there's always new listeners. And when you haven't been heard from them in a week or two, sometimes people forget. Why don't you bring us up to speed about your court case? Well, what's going on is three different places. Three different pieces are going to be argued. The first is the First Amendment, where when I tried to talk to the county commissioners about the sheriff violating the RCW laws here in Washington, one of the county commissioners was stupid enough to write me a letter saying that I could not speak at a public meeting and that if I tried, I would be arrested by the same sheriff that I am complaining about. That seems pretty dumb. Yeah, it was very dumb. He signed his name to it and everything, so that clearly shows my First Amendment speech was violated. And then the second thing that's being argued is how when I was in jail, I went through grand mal seizures, blacking out, hitting my head against the cement, and breaking the back of my head open a little bit, making it bleed. No medical care was offered. So that's another thing that's going to be argued. And the third thing that's going to be argued is the Fourth Amendment, where they violated my rights under color of law by once again ignoring the RCW law that said I could help one medical patient at a time without interference from the police. When they went to get the warrant to prosecute me, they never bothered to tell the judge it was a medical authorization situation. They just made it sound like I was helping anyone on the street. So they also claimed that I was a alleged medical patient instead of being an actual patient. So several different things are being hammered out a week from this Friday at, in uh, Moscow. Wow. I'm wondering, a week from this Friday, I don't know if it's possible. How, there's a, is there an airport in Moscow? Uh, the nearest airport would be in Pullman. Or I, be, I believe there's a Moscow airport, but I'm not sure. The only one I know about is the Moscow Pullman one out in Pullman, Washington. Well, get me the um, get me the details about the the courthouse. I'm going to see. I don't know if I can or not, but sometimes uh, I can wiggle my nose and airplane tickets drop in my lap. And okay. I don't know, I don't know if it's possible, but I would certainly love to be up there at that hearing with you. Well, thank you. I'm, it's going to also be advertised on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals website, so if you can't make it, you can always check out the website, and I'll make sure I send you a link to that. What What is the date? The day it's Friday? A week from this Friday, the 29th. Okay. All right. Well, let's and, see what I can do. I will look okay, into and it. On, okay, and on your event page, I went ahead and also posted the 
the notice about it on your event page. Congratulations! You are one of few that have figured out how to do that. Good job. I appreciate (laughs) it, and uh, there will be results, I can assure you. Well, you're very welcome. I wanted to keep you folks surprised because you're a dear friend of mine and Carla's, and you've been following me from the beginning. Hey, that's how it is. We, uh, we, we find each other, we stand by each other, we make a difference for each other, and that's, that's what it's all about. Anybody that's willing to stand tall the way you are, I, uh, I, I get inspiration from, um, and I'll do anything I can to help. Well, you know, it's like this, Joe. As you know, I've been dead three times and come back, and, you know, if you don't fear death, you're sure not going to fear the government. I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. All right, Adam. Well, um, again, it's a treat. I'm so glad you made it on the show. And uh, these uh, mystery cups of coffee are always sometimes some of the very best ones. Uh, so uh, I, I send me the information about the, about the hearing of the specifics, and I will see what I can do to join you. I would love to be up there with you. You'll have it by tomorrow. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Once again, folks, Adam Asenberg uh, from Spokane area of Washington, and this guy is just a mighty warrior. This guy's been beaten to death. What is it? You got thrown off of a train bridge. Uh, I mean, you've you've had so many horrors. Yep, went down 15 feet on the boulders, was paralyzed from the belly button down for six and a half months and seven years to get off a walker. And here he is. Take it on the government. Woo-hoo! <laughs> All right, Adam. Well, again, I'm going to do everything I can to join you. This is a special case, and I've been watching this come down the pike for so long, and uh, we'll see what, we'll see what we can do. Well, God bless you, and you take care, and have a wonderful rest of the show. Sounds great. We'll talk soon. All right. Let's see what we got. All right. Um, George Martorano is going to be joining us a little bit later. He wants to actually close the – Showdown. So I'm going to bring up Tom Corby next, as he is not a man of brevity, and if I'm going to have somebody else close to showdown, I know that Tom would uh, yield his seat to George Martorano, as George spent 32 years unable to do anything out here, and uh, we're going to give him all the opportunities as we can. Tom Corby, NorCal Warrior, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Uh, thank you, Joe. And all those on the front line, Mary, Lisa, uh, Becca, and George Monterano. Am I on now, Joe? You are live on the air, my friend. Yes, you are live on the air. Am I on the air, Joe? Yes, you are. You are live on the air right now. Okay, I want to make sure. Yeah, you're good. Thank you, Joe, and, and all those on the Yeah, coming together then. Yes. So uh, I'm here with Frank and Ann today. Am I getting feedback? Yes. No, yeah. You're good. I'm here Frank and Ann today. And Nick Mann. And uh, they've had their cases dismissed. And what would they tell you? What would Joe tell you? What we always tell you is to take them on the trial. If everybody uh, take them on the trail, they couldn't do it, even 10% of the people. Isn't that right, Joe? Yep, that's right. Right. So 
uh, what, what right. they would do is, is to come on to a speedy trial. Is that right, Frank and Ann? That's right. And uh, you start throwing uh, all the motions, especially the 995 probable cause dismiss motion. Uh, also, uh, on the, most of these cases, when you think about it, uh, we have entrapment uh, also. Uh, they will all tell you to uh, subpoena all the arresting officers to get all your discovery. You can't work the case unless you know what's up against you. Uh, when you first get out of jail, we'll tell you you do not have to put a lot of money out or any money out for an attorney. The first thing you do is you can use your PD. Uh, you can do your own filing. And uh, eventually, the only time you probably really need an attorney in the end is when you go to trial and then you want to be like Joseph Tully that does not lose cases. Uh, and if any of you out there uh, have been arrested for cannabis or uh, you know somebody that has, so we'll tell you, we'll all tell you we've been there and done that. You're going to be scared. You're going to be misled. Do you know where to turn? Probably not. You're going to be lost, alone, broke, afraid. Do you know your rights? Unsure and intimidated. We've been here and we can help. And this is how we can help. When you go for court support for a defendant, uh, they will all tell you how much that means to them. Uh, so come together, uh, put your risks aside. Uh, together we stand uh, trying to end the failed, this failed war on our sacred campus plant. Join us at the Human dot org, and don't forget to breathe. And no one should be going to jail for our plan. Going all the day. Uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. And Frank, um, it looks like I missed a message from you. I will uh, call you after the show. Uh, that'd be great. All right, Joe. All right. Thank you again, Tom Corby. And, uh, you know, thank you for representing the, Nor- the NorCal chapter of the Human Solution. You've done uh, as much or more for this organization and, and the people in your neck of the woods than just about anybody I know. All right, so uh, George Martorano has not joined us yet, but he's going to, which gives me a little time to talk. Um, if anybody has anything they want to say, there's about 15 minutes of the show left, and um, George, I don't know why you're calling me here. Um uh, boy, makes it difficult. Tom, Tom Corbett, you're not a man of brevity. I need you to talk some more. Give me about a minute of talking. Tell us about something going on. All right. So, uh, yeah, so we're still on? Yeah, I just need a minute so I can message George. He's called me on my phone rather than calling the right number, but I can't talk and type at the same time. I'm a little retarded that way. Sorry to the... Mentally challenged, folks. I am clearly worse than you. Go ahead. All right. Tell me a story. You want me to tell you a story? Tell me a story in one minute or less. Well, uh, six years ago, uh, when they busted us, you want me to hear a story? 
they busted me for what Donna did, and we went to jail for four days up here in Butte County. And uh, we finally uh, joined the Human Solutions International five years ago. And uh, thankfully, that the Human Solution came for us. We had a lot of court support. Uh, Joe's been up here twice for two of our six pre-trials. One of the things we bring out was brought out today is how it disrupts blacks and families. Uh, and what a waste of time a taxpayer. Uh, our case is actually still in the higher courts under under the same 995 probable cause dismiss motion. Uh, my wife, Donna, uh, took a, a hellacious, really good deal back then. Her probation and paid all her fines. Uh, at this point, once you do that, uh, you can refile and file for your dismiss. You, 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 the expungement's kind of weak. Uh, it it uh, actually screws you. So you can actually file once. And now also, once you win your case, uh, if you do win a case, then, then, then you file your injunctions and your lawsuits, which the battles are doing right up there now. Uh, we actually filed and got our property back. Uh, so you could do that, too. Uh so we got George on the line now. Thank you so much, Tom. I, I will uh I'll give you the floor next time to, to finish that whole story. Um it's an and it's a powerful story. Um, you know, I went up there for a couple of your hearings, but you guys had I don't know how many hearings, you had the community stand by you. You had a corrupt uh, uh, law enforcement. You had a corrupt DA. You had a shipping company that was tied into it. It was a, a, a twisted, uh, small-town, hillbilly justice sort of a story, and you guys ended up coming out of it as good as I've seen anybody, um, although, you know, they took from you some things that you never did get back. They took uh, your life savings, the way I understand it, and uh, they never gave that back, did they? No, they did not. So, you know, in, in all of these stories, they never gave me back a dime that they took from me. They took a total of, I don't know, through all the cases I had, I think they took almost $50,000, and I never got a dime of it back. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things. Some people have lost a whole lot more than that. But at the end of the day, um, the price you pay for going up against the government is, you, you're lucky to come out alive. You're lucky to come out okay in any way. And through the, the beauty of human nature, we come out. If it doesn't beat us down and destroy us, it does make us stronger, and it does make us more compassionate, and it does make us more capable. And Tom and Donna Corby are, are some of the strongest, most compassionate, most capable people I've ever known. And... Um, Unfortunately, that's a hell of a way to uh, to get some of that, but clearly you guys took the very best out of what you were dealt and um, just have come out amazing. All right, up next we got George Marcherano to help close the showdown. For those of you who do not know, George Marcherano is an icon in our organization. Um, he's a man who served 32 years in federal prison for pot. 32 years, folks. 
That is longer than many of our members have been alive. And rather than coming out um, mangled and um, bitter and angry and damaged, uh, George came out uh, strong and, and noble and motivated and inspiring. And he's a storyteller. We were talking earlier in the show about the lack of storytelling, the lack of of a message that you can share and articulate with words, and George is a master at that. So rather than me talking through my horse voice, I'm going to bring George on to tell us a story and close the show out. George, welcome to the show. Always a pleasure hey, to have Joe. you. <clears throat> hey, good evening, everybody on the West Coast. Uh, as you know, uh, I'm doing the show from uh, another northeastern snow blizzard. <laughs> we had four in a row, but... Uh, I like them. A lot of people don't, but uh, and I don't want to share a very, very personal uh, message. Uh, you know, uh, not uh, last week I lost a loved one, uh, someone very close to me, and uh, you know, came all of a sudden. So, uh, and it happens uh, to all of us. You know, a lot of walks of life. Uh, one day everything's going good, and then the next thing, you know. Uh, it's shattered. Uh, you know, you shed tears, you're, you're emotionally uh, down, and, uh, you know, what to do, what to do. Well, you know, uh, I did all those years in prison, and uh, and there wasn't a prison that uh, I wasn't in. There wasn't uh, cannabis being smoked, but I, I couldn't indulge because I was looked up at a different standard, held at a different standard as a mentor educator. So I did so many positive things and interacted with so many people lives that I always had a beta rule. So now fast forward and getting back to the tragedy that I just went through, you know, I came out, I was on the schedule of uh, supervisor lease. So, you know, I couldn't indulge, but I got off of that uh, about a month and a half ago. And, you know, free as a bird, finally after 35 years, you know, I don't know if you know what that means, uh, being under government control for 35 years, it's unheard of. We're the only country that does that. But anyway, I had this, uh, getting back to the personal thing, I had this loss of what to do. Well, you know what I did? I administrated myself with cannabis. And it got me through it. You know, I'm still mourning and got me through it. So it's it's a medicine not only for physically, but it's a medicine also for emotionally. So it helped me... Uh, you know, uh, you know, it was, it was very downhearted, and uh, you know, I get up early, couple puffs, and and jogging, and coping. You had to deal with the burial and all that stuff. So, I want to share that with everyone. It's not just for administrating uh, yourself with uh, medical issues. You can do it for emotional issues. It really helps you cope in times when uh, you felt, uh, you know, very down. All is lost. What to do? What to do? So I wanted to share that with everyone out there. Uh, it's, 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 you know, it's a God-given plant, and it helps in, in many ways. It helps in many ways. I, I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm older than a lot of people uh, out there uh, in experience with the cannabis. I, I was at Woodstock uh, in 1969. So anyway, uh, like again, it's, it's a great thing, and it helps so many. Many different ways, Joe. Well, George, I, I, I have to just say amen. Um, 
for for people who don't understand cannabis or they think that it's only good for one thing or another, um, the endocannabinoid system is a system that your body has that regulates and balances. And it's only what we know about it. We don't know a lot more than we do know. And it's been my experience personally and watching so many people around me with so many different ailments be healed by it. And, and it could be the loss of a loved one. It could be a broken heart. It could be, um, you know, the, the hardships of living. could be, you know, any any number of things. But it seems that it has just the thing you need for so many people, and it's almost unexplainable. So, again, well, I said... When I had, yeah, when the loss came all of a sudden, uh, you know, everyone was distorted and didn't know what to do. So I just, you know, well... You know, it was it was in the evening, and I just went for a short walk, and and uh, I meditated to myself, and I was just good, and I just you know looked at over the city and things like that, and uh, it just helped. It helped a great deal. It's still helping. It helped a great deal. So again, uh, you know, a lot of us have been suffered and condemned for it. Imagine that. And then for 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 just trying to get a hold on life by the use of uh, a God-given plant, it's just uh, you know it's like all we can do is like do shows like this and tell our stories and hope hope we get. Uh, matter of fact, I seen uh, earlier today I was with someone from law enforcement and I touched on what I'm saying tonight on the show and and he was completely in agreement. I mean. Isn't it better that I administrated myself with cannabis than go, you know, start drinking uh, uh, whiskey and uh, and really damage myself and and can lead to more personal problems, which that wasn't the case. So, you know, I believe it's just a God-given thing that just helps and helps and helps and helps. Okay. I couldn't agree with you more, George. And and you know, whether you know it or not, I know you know it, but. Um... You're, you're an inspiration to a lot of folks, um, the, not just having survived an ordeal of incarceration for such a long period of time. In spite of all that, even had you never been incarcerated, the way that you see the world and, and the way that you interact with people, uh, it's just it's inspirational. And um, even to share a, a tragedy like the loss of a loved one, and how you dealt with it to be personalized like that to open yourself up um, is yeah. what the world is more of, and I'm just uh, just grateful to have you in our world. Well, like I said, uh, and I just people were just trying to get the people in this country to understand it. You know, and I say it before uh, many stages that I speak, uh, you know, rumors come and go, but still I like to know. Why they hate us cannabis folks so. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, you know, one day we may answer that question, but hopefully it will be after they don't hate us so anymore. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, anyway, uh, hope it will be out. I should be seeing you probably in May. I want to come out there and see all my West Coast friends. So, uh Looking forward to that May trip. I very much look so forward to it. And, uh, 
we will keep fighting the fight and marching forward as we do. And, uh, George, uh, you know, you are truly a phoenix rising from the ashes. I can't wait to, to see you manifest all the dreams we got working right now. Right, right. Just like I said, uh, you just, uh, you know, life goes on. Life's going to go on, whether good or bad. But, uh, you know, through cannabis and you administrate yourself, it's got to help. Got to help one way or the other. Got to help. No ifs, ands, or buts. So true, so, so true. Uh, right. Well, uh, we're just about out of time, and I appreciate, as always, you coming aboard, joining the show, and, uh, you know, like you yeah. say, life goes on. We're going to keep marching. Next week we'll be here before you know it, and I look forward to talking to you again very soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you, all my friends out west. Take care. You betcha. Once Good again, night. folks, George Toronto from the East Coast and uh, really from all over. This man's been all over, and uh, that's that's how it goes. All right. It's been a great show. I want to thank everybody who's helped make it happen. Um want to help not thank Noncompliant Mary for being a part of this, Tracy Glore, and everybody else who's uh, who's joined us. Um I want to thank my Vice President, Lisa Wildridge, for making the live feed possible. And I want to thank you all for being a part of this. Because remember, if you're not part of the solution, you're probably part of the problem. And uh, let's go fix the world. Let's make a world where no one goes to jail for a plant anymore. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my mind.